Necromaniacs podcast. It's that time of week, and it's uh, me and Jeff this time. How's it going, Jeff? Good, man. How you doing? Chilling. Out here on the East Coast, uh, it snowed, and, uh, you know, it's been freezing, and um, we got hit with, like, some serious blizzard activity. And other than that, it's uh, the same. You know... I miss that kind of weather until I see. You know, I remember when it like back when I lived in Connecticut and New York and Boston, the snow was like real pretty for like a night, and then the next day it's just this brown, slushy, horrible mess. And I fucking don't miss it at all. Yeah, city city snow is kind of a drag, definitely. You know. For sure, and uh, you know, out here the way it's always warm. Uh, corona's running wild, <laughs> and. Uh, Everyone's quarantined, but it, it's not snowing, so I guess that's the only really thing that's going on out here that I can say is positive. Across the nation, though, it seems like the numbers are coming down, which is good. You know, it's like a, I think it's 60% down at this point, so that's kind of good. Yeah, I personally know uh, three people that are vaccinated now, so, yeah. you know, that's three less people you, you got to worry about. Like, you know, you can stand around them and not to think, you know. I have to think maybe this person's going to get me sick. Yeah, it's uh, that's definitely a concern, and it's uh, real important that people stay safe, though, and continue to, you know, be diligent with whatever uh, level that they're uh, they're taking this to, and uh, you know, just keep just be smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm still taking every precaution, and I'm going to do so until. Uh, until I feel like uh, we don't have to, which I still think is going to be quite a while. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I actually just got another test today. Um, you know, I've been I've been getting tested like every three weeks, two to three weeks. So uh, this it was time to go back and uh, go have the old swab up the nose, you know, again. And uh, mm. you know, so we'll see. Hopefully, I'm good. Hopefully, I'm good. yeah. Yeah, I was just listening to this crazy podcast with this comedian, Giannis Pappas, uh, detailing his experiences with COVID, and he's very knowledgeable about it, uh, too. Um, it was a really interesting podcast. It was humorous, of course. He's a comedian, but uh, he had a very harrowing experience with it, ended up in the hospital. And, uh, you know, it's just it was a stark reminder that, like, you can be, uh, you know, relatively good health, you know, 30, 35 to 45, and get absolutely fucking ravaged by this thing. Yeah, definitely, man. You know. So, so uh, before we get started, uh, what uh, have you been reading or watching or getting into anything the last uh, since we last spoke? Anything cool? Well, yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit about this beforehand. Um, I, I was listening to uh, Rogan's podcast with uh, Travis Walton. Um, you know, I'm not a regular listener of that show. Uh, but if something interesting pops up, I'll, I'll give it a listen. And do you know Travis Walton? you know who he is? No. Um, you probably do. They based the movie uh, Fire in the Sky about him. Oh, shit. Book. Yeah, I do know. All right, I, I forgot the guy's name, but yes, I definitely. Yep, and I think I've heard that episode, but go ahead. Yeah, I think it came out, like, I don't know, three weeks, weeks ago at this point. Anyway, I was listening to the podcast and was like, oh, man, I remember that movie. I should I should give that a, give that a rewatch. Um it's okay. It, it's like a. It feels like a made-for-TV movie, uh, and it's kind of dated. But other than that, it's a pretty pretty solid movie with a great 
ending where it shows you the uh, what happened uh, on the UFO, which I guess was the uh, listening to the podcast was completely made up. That that part of the movie they really embellished, and that wasn't his experience at all aboard the uh, aircraft. But what was interesting to me is, I mean, that's a subject aliens. It's always kind of fascinated me because I don't really believe in the supernatural. But alien seems like a more than a possibility. Like there just has to be life out there somewhere in this in an infinite universe. Um, and listening to him on the pot, you know, he he told his story. You know, it's a story he's told a thousand times. And I'm listening to, and I'm like, I, I kind of believe this. This seems believable. But the more the podcast went on, it started to get a little less believable. Like you know, he had a couple more experiences with the alien. It just seemed. Really, like, this wasn't some... Right, I'm trying to make it like it wasn't a random thing that happened to him, but, like, uh, you know, that they were continuing to watch him or, like, observe him. And uh, the longer it went on, the, the less credible it, it became for me. I don't know. Like, do you believe... Do you believe him? Do you believe in this stuff? I do. Yeah. I mean, it just seems... Um... Un, un, unre- unrealistic to think that humanity, the humans are the only you know, creatures that have gotten to any level of intelligence in the universe, you know, and uh, if you talked about the supernatural, it's like, I think like aliens, the supernatural, uh, that's all the same shit, really, you know, it's like, Mm. um, I always, I always love that scene in um, that the fucking uh, Moorhead and Benson film. Uh, It's either the, it's either the endless or, um, or resolution. I forget which one it's in, but it's in one of those two films where they have this French guy and he's talking like, what's the difference between like an alien, an angel, a demon or a ghost. And I'm like, Hmm. they're, they're all the same thing, man. Like, like hardcore futuristic science and technology, alchemy, magic, aliens, angels, demons. To me, most likely they're all, different aspects of the same kind of thing you know i mean it's like the fact that you and i are talking across the country like this is magic from somebody 200 years ago you know Mm, very true yeah um but i don't know if i believed his story particularly the more like i kind of like looked into it and like there's some things that like you know nbc aired something about ufos two weeks prior and all these abduction stories uh shot through the roof after that aired. Um, but I mean, he stuck to his story for 40 years. So I think he believes it, but I just don't know if, if, if I believe it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, I mean, but the, it, it's an interesting podcast. It's an interesting listen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the name didn't ring a bell, but I, I, I mean, during the day I sit here all day in front of my desk doing shit, working and I have podcasts going on like all day. And sometimes they get they blur together, but I did hear that one. Now that you reminded me, and um, yeah, the thing is too, man. I I I believe that he's telling the truth, but also, um, you know, like emotionally, how traumatic an experience like that must be. Like your mind must come up with explanations for some of the stuff that you might have experienced you know what i mean and and who knows like what narratives your your mind builds 
So maybe some of mm -hmm. it is stuff that is like false memories or something that his brain conjured up as a result of some of these other things that happen. And some of it's true and some of it's like, you know, like a projection or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, still, I recommend listening to that episode and, and then watching the movie. You know, it's an interesting uh, relic from the early 90s. You have like Peter Berg before he was like a film director. Yep. Um, Craig Schaefer's in it, you know, like when he might still be like a thing. <laughs> like maybe he was going to be like a big actor. Uh, D.B. Sweeney, uh, what's his name? Uh, Terminator 2 guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Jason Patrick? No, it's not Jason Patrick. No, I, I can I can never remember his name. But it's a good cast. It's it's just a little, you know, dated and a little little goofy. But it was it was cool to rewatch her. Definitely. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in ages, man. Yeah, it had been like, I don't know, twenty years, I think, since I last seen it. Um other thing I've been watching, uh HBO Max just put one of my uh, favorite shows on. Uh, it aired on Adult Swim. It was called The Heart, She Holler. Uh, I'd probably mentioned this show to you before. Uh, it's sort of a surrealistic, surreal redneck soap opera uh, starring Patton Oswalt, um, David <coughs> Cross is in it, um, Amy Sedaris. Uh, three seasons. Each episode is about 12 minutes long. Um the second season is really, really excellent. The first season is okay, but the second season is, is excellent. And it's one of those things when if you watch a few minutes of it, you're going to know right away if this is for you or not. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I think it is funny and weird and and disturbing at times. And I'm really glad it's on HBO and maybe it'll, you know, it'll find, its, uh, find an audience. I'll check that out. I mean... Um... I'm not a big David Cross fan, but I like Patton Oswalt. Yeah, well, David Cross, I mean, like, he's in it. There's not, like, you know, he's not, like, a big part of it. He plays a bartender. Um, it's not, like, a big part of the show, but he's in, he's in it. Amy Sedaris, to me, is one of the funniest people alive, and she joins the cast in the second season. Uh, they recast a role, and, and she took it over, and she really takes it to the next, the bizarreness of the character to, to the next level. But yeah, HBO Max is is kind of fucking cool, man. I'm, I'm like, I watch a lot of shit that's on there, you know. Of all the streaming platforms, I think that's the one uh, I go to the most. And I'm really curious about this Zack Snyder Justice League thing that's that's happening next month. Um, I I don't know if it's gonna be any good. I haven't really liked his DC movies that much. Uh, but I mean, he's he definitely has has a vision for this world, and it's I guess it is kind of cool that they're you know throwing money at him to let him complete his movie since the one the Justice League movie we did get was such an abysmal piece of shit. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm curious about that. I mean, I'm gonna watch it just because I'm a comic book fan, and um, you know, I, I have to say that DC has not. Um, really come correct in my opinion you know it's like i think <laughs> i think the marvel movies are way better and those are then those are all of varying quality too you know but but i, I sure I, overall i enjoy the marvel movies a lot more yeah they're fine i'm not a huge fan of any of them but the, you know they had a plan in place from from movie one whereas i think dc was just trying to play catch up and 
you know, Batman v Superman, I, I mean, it's it's just such a mess of, of too much. And while I don't think it's the worst movie, I mean, I, I listen to a few podcasts, like bad movie podcasts, that just shit all over that movie. It's not terrible to me. It has some cool stuff happening in it. But yeah, it, it is a complete mess and kind of a headache to uh, to watch. But it's not terrible or unwatchable. So I'm... I'm sure Justice League will probably be in line with with that. I am looking forward to that new Batman. That looks kind of looks really interesting to me. Yeah, me too. And Matt Reeves is kind of an. I mean, he's not on tour by any means, but he's made some some decent movies. He directed uh, Cloverfield, which, as far as found footage movies goes, it was one of the better ones. Uh, the the let let the right one in remake he made was was good. Uh, those Planet of the Ace movies are, are fine, you know. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. His his vision of Batman looks pretty dark, but I mean that's pretty much everyone's vision of him at this point now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm curious too. I I I root for everything to be good. I hope it's good. And uh, I'll be really bummed if it's not. It's one of the few comic book characters I really care about. And uh, you know, after Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, this that's kind of a fighting like you know it's everything's always going to be compared to that you know everyone's always going to compare any joker to heath ledger yeah i mean um the joker film though that came out you know a little while ago oh it's true yeah it's fucking stellar in my opinion yeah i like that one i like that movie quite a bit uh joaquin phoenix was 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 uh fantastic in that and also won won the oscar um, yeah, it's kind of a controversial movie. I'm not really sure why, but um, I don't know. People just gravitated towards, towards hating that movie. I think that it's during that phase when everyone was like really sensitive about things. And um, I think that now that administrations have changed, uh, people aren't going to be so wrapped up about movies because there's real shit that's happened that involves violent rednecks <laughs> you know attacking shit yeah. you know what i mean and people who believe in fucking fantasies you know um that's reality and things like uh you know movies and music aren't i don't think are going to be on the the, the for the forefront of what people are thinking about these, as controversial these days i hope you're right i feel the opposite sometimes with the big bad uh trump gone you know america's gonna, gonna need a new boogeyman and what's that gonna be well i don't think um that shit's going away really i think that there's enough of these empowered fringe militias out there like a lot of the violence that we saw in january i think is going to continue like for years really yeah yeah you're you're probably right i mean that was really a low point for America and you know something worse is probably uh, around the corner yeah I mean I, I unfortunately that's how that's how I, I imagine it you know especially you know the the you know how how sexy um, conspiracy theories are you know I mean yeah you know and and when people buy into these things they they don't you can't just they, it's not just like a day of reckoning comes and you're like oh well you know what you're right that was all fucked up and wrong you know, you just you just go deeper into that world, 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, on a hat, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No. Yeah, you know, it's just like if you're stupid enough to believe QAnon, you know, then like you're, 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 you're too far gone. You know, you're, you're someone you can't be fucking reached, you know? And, yeah. You know, you, you, you need like serious, like, like help, you know what I mean? Deprogramming yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to fucking help yeah. you. You know, if you're, you're dumb enough to fucking believe that shit, you're dumb enough to fucking just be wiped out, in my opinion, you know? Right. But, I mean, I agree with you on that, but the earth is flat, Mike, and I, I have some YouTube videos for you to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, other than flat earth videos on YouTube, what have you been watching or reading? Uh, well, I've been uh, making my way through the Oz uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know all the odds. Oh, you're, you're still on that, yeah, dude. I, I when I start something, I finish it, man. So um, me too. Eventually, I'm up to season four, and I, these are the seasons that I haven't seen. So uh, I'm excited oh. about that. Season four for me, I wish that show ended. Season four was great. The last two seasons I thought were really bad. I'm curious I, uh, to hear what you think. Well, so far, really, so far, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised on how well it's aged, in my opinion, and it's it's um, how theatrical it is, and how it has it almost mm. feels like a play at times. You know? Yeah, right. You have a guy come out and and, and narrate the the character in a wheelchair. I forget his name. It's it's been so long. His last name's Hill, like me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. You guys yeah. related? Yeah, we're, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's uh, that I I appreciate that. It has this very theatrical vibe to it, and um, yeah, it just it feels like a play, and that, that's kind of what I dig about it. And um, you know, there's there's a lot of like you know like uncomfortable shit in there. There's a lot of cock in that in that uh, a lot of male frontal nudity. They go pretty hard in that mm-hmm. direction. Yeah, and it would kind of foreshadow Evan Seinfeld's eventual porn career. <laughs> you know, but I'm, uh, I'm comfortable enough with my own sexuality to not uh, be freaked out by seeing naked dudes' dicks. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't so, bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. And um, a lot of cool cameos. David Johansson was in it. Um, John Lurie, you know, has a cameo. Uh, Lord Jamar from, uh, the, from Brand Nubians, a hip-hop group. Played yep. a pretty major role in that. And, um, yeah, fucking uh, Method Man shows up. Was Method Man in that? Yeah. He's, he's in everything. Yeah, he's in everything. But that, that was when he has, wasn't really in movies, though. You know, he just started showing up. That was, like, one of his first, you know, early roles. Because that was, like, you know, like 2001 or something like that. Maybe he showed up in Oz. Mm. You have some yeah. future Soprano stars in there, too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Edie Falco, yeah. you know, was one of the earlier earlier seasons. You know, I'm gonna have to go back to that um, when I finally finish Ray Donovan. I mean, it's been such a slog to get through that that show, yeah. but like you, like when I start something, I finish it. So I, you know, yeah. I'm on the last season. It's just a drag to get through. I find myself, uh, <laughs> you know, doing other things while I'm watching it, like making food and just kind of like listening to it. <coughs> uh, not a good show. I haven't seen any episodes of that. Uh, aside from Oz, uh, there's uh, I've been going through all the Marvel movies again and watching them in order. In order? Yeah. Oh, cool. 
So, um, you know, um, I, I've been taking, you know, I'll do like one or two movies a week. And, you know, I just started that. Um, I'm also reading uh, Angel's Inferno by William Yortsberg. It's a, um, it's the sequel to Falling Angel, which is uh, the, the book that Angel Heart was based on. So oh, I love like, that movie. Yeah, so this is exactly at the uh, conclusion of the book where Harry Angel is, uh, you know, the cops uh, find him and... Um, you know, Evangeline Proudfoot, he had murdered her, and he knows that he's, uh, you know, Johnny Favorite and all that kind of stuff. And then, but he escapes, and that's the beginning of uh, Angel's Inferno. And, oh. um, yeah, in, in Falling Angel, uh, unlike the film, it all takes place in New York. Like in, in the movie Angel Heart, they go to New Orleans, and, you know, there's travel involved and all this other stuff. But that, that, the book just takes place all in New York City. So uh, there's a little bit of a difference mm. there. But it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I never, I, I never read the book, but I saw the movie, so I was thinking, how do you make a sequel to that? Like I said, there's um, like some small narr- narrative differences, and um, the tone is like, it's different. It's like a very uh, hard-boiled, like, you know, like a Mickey Spillane, like sort of uh, writing style. So mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's like an easy, quick read. You know, it's you could just bang out like you know, like a hundred pages in, in in a sitting. You know what I mean? And um, I'll yeah, probably I'll I, probably finish this book in a couple of days. I like the crossing of those genres a lot, like a hard-boiled detective story with like something supernatural. Like, um, like one of my favorite movies is is, is the Ninth Gate because yes. it is exactly that kind of movie, uh, that story. I mean, that movie has got some of Polanski's worst reviews, but I love that movie. Well, the, the two genres are really tailor-made for each other, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, there was, like, the, uh, the, the DC Comics uh, character, John Constantine, who had the Hellblazer, um, you know, comic book series. And that, you know, is basically a supernatural detective, you know? It's fucking exactly one of my favorite things ever so yeah right cool. yeah the movie was not good <laughs> um you know what man i fuck with the movie man i i yeah yeah it's it's um i don't know man i i, I kind of like i i guess i'm a fan of keanu reeves man i kind of like him in movies well he's good at what he does being a movie star you know uh you, you, if you look good kicking ass on screen and can deliver your lines you know he's good at that i i don't think he's a great actor no 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 uh but i think i think he's a good movie star he's great for stuff like the matrix and john wick um he's really terrible in the dracula movie uh he's oh, not alone dude. there's a lot of bad bad performances in that movie it's a great I, movie but there's some bad acting I, I don't like that movie i love vampires but i don't like that movie <laughs> i can't get into that movie Really? Wow, yeah, interesting. I know. Um, it's an unpopular opinion. I, I acknowledge that. It is. Yeah. Most um, people love that. All right. So, watching some cool shit. Um, well, today's movie, uh, you, you wanted to, to cover this. You mentioned it briefly in the last podcast. Um, I think we're going to have a difference of opinion on this one. Well, let's see, man. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, the movie's Hunter Hunter. And that uh, came out December of uh, 2020, so it's actually a, a really new movie, which is kind of, uh, that's kind of the trend these days. I mean, Mike and I did uh, Psycho Gorman, which uh, literally just came out. 
And now you and I, I are talking about Hunter Hunter, and um, you know we're in the at least we're at least we're talking about films that came out like n- newly came out that are newly released, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, how was the the one you guys did? The it's fucking great, man. I loved it. It was. It's like cool. You know, it's like it's definitely um, it's 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 not uh, if you go into it because it's the same guy who did the void. You know, and if you're going into this film expecting the void, you're going to be disappointed. It's it's an over the top midnight movie. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, I thought it was great, man. I had a lot of fun watching it. You know, it had its faults. I'm not going to give it. A, I didn't give it a you know a hundred percent you know mm. review. There was some editing things. It was a little long, but you mm. know, they, it, it was made for like a like nothing. You know what I mean? Like the money, the yeah. budget on that film was like nothing, and they had some incredible special effects. Um, I mean, like they looked, it looked great. I'm not saying that it's like you know, like the top state of the art special effects, but they just looked cool, and and it was an Astron Six production, and uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that uh, that production company's work, so I thought it was great. Everything they do is different so far, too. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I'm definitely going to going to check that out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This movie is just uh, yeah, a couple months old. And um, IFC Midnight. It's one of those IFC Midnight movies that I uh, hit. Had a small theatrical run, believe it or not, and um, hmm. probably very small <laughs> in the day in these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it went to um, on demand, and that's how right. uh, how we you and I both enjoyed it was uh, streaming somewhere. Yes, exactly. You want to break down the cast real quick? Pretty small cla- It's pretty, bleh, pardon me, very small <laughs> cast. Um, which we like. Which we like. And uh, yeah, actually that is a kind of a, a thing that is like very common in the films we talk about. Uh, so we had Devin Sawa as Joseph Mearsalt. Camille Sullivan is his wife, Anne. Summer Howell as Renee's daughter. And then we have Nick Stahl as Luke. And uh, there's mm. some other characters. You know, there's like a cop and his, uh, you know, there's like other people involved in this film. But I think that's the core of the movie. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned this to me, I, I, I went into this movie completely cold. You know, I didn't look at the Rotten Tomato score or anything. But when I saw the cast, I was like, oh, God, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you know, Devin Sawa is kind of like was one of those up and coming guys and then just started like being in like dog shit movies. Like he's the star of the new Danzig movie. Danzig is making another movie. I know. I heard it. I saw that. And, uh, you know, Nick Stahl was the same thing. You had a big up and coming star in like the, the 90s and early 2000s. He was in Carnival. He was a. Uh, you know, John Connor and, and Terminator 3, and then he kind of went away for a while. I think he, he might have had some problems. Um, yeah, like, like drugs or something like that? Like cocaine? Yeah, you know, it's weird. Like a couple months ago, I was getting an oil change, and I saw him at a cafe in Silver Lake <laughs> looking to have a very intense conversation with someone. So, um, uh, but that said, uh, it really surprised me. They're both really good in the movie, as is the rest of the cast. 
Yeah. Uh, well, actually, the, let's before we get into that, let's talk. The guy who directed, produced, and writ, wrote this thing. This guy, Sean Linden, who I don't even, I never fucking heard of this guy before. No, me neither. <laughs> I think he's Canadian, uh, and uh, from just some of the research, he did a lot of television stuff. And I haven't, I'm not even familiar with any of the stuff he did on TV either. Yeah, I looked at his credits, and there was nothing I really knew. So that's intriguing, actually, when that happens sometimes. Because I thought, in general, I thought this movie... All right, we'll talk a little bit about the plot, but I, uh, I was kind of drawn in right away with this film. And I've heard other people discuss this, and they gave it really good reviews. They said that it was bleak and atmospheric, and I'm like, yeah, this sounds like something that I would really enjoy. And right off the bat, I was enjoying the film. You know, there's mm. uh, it's basically uh, the family unit, you know, uh, Joe, Anne, and Renee are these um, living off the land out in the mountains somewhere, uh, making a, uh, in the Canadian wilderness. So this is a Canadian film. Let's, let's you know, just establish that. And uh, they're, they're making, uh, they're getting by with their uh, fur trapping business. And um, you kind of get the feel that uh, Joe might be one of those, like John Birch Society, uh, you know, guys who believes in like small government, you know, and, and <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, he's probably oh, totally. got some like right wing, like political views. And he's like kind of this like Randy Weaver sort of guy. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, sure. And, like, it doesn't really explain, like, did they always live out there or they were just fed up with regular life and moved out there? Uh, well, I, I don't know if the movie explicitly explained that. There, there's, like, some discussion around that topic, and they're living on land that um, was, was, was inside of Joe's family. And um, the wife, it's, it's pretty clear that the wife uh, isn't all in on this lifestyle. Like, she's, like... You know, she goes into town and you see her, you know, looking at like, uh, you know, different, you know, ads for houses for sale and the daughters being like homeschooled, you know, and, and it's I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on on that kind of lifestyle? You know what I mean? I think it's kind of fucking uh, weird if you ask me, but what, what's your thoughts? I wouldn't la- I, I wouldn't last a night. No. <laughs> um, I picked up on that too. the mom being unhappy and you can kind of see like he's sort of um teaching his daughter the ways of of uh, of his lifestyle while kind of leaving the mom to do like the the house chores and things like that and you can feel she had doesn't really feel like she has like a sense of purpose and she's probably not too happy being out there whereas this guy joseph seems to just be absolutely loving it and um you know, they live completely off the grid. There's no cell... I don't know. Did this take place in the modern time? There's no cell phones or any sort of modern technology. There's a lot of old technologies like walkie-talkies and uh, like Walkmans, and the cars kind of looked older to me. I mean, it, it took... Yeah, like it took place in the last, uh, you know, 40 years probably, I imagine. You know? I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know if like... It would, it's like a 2020... You know, time frame, but yeah, I saw you know a Walkman is a is a kind of a pivotal part of this. Uh, not pivotal, but plays a part in the film later on. But you know, the Walkman technology is fucking ancient. So, right, 
but uh, I mean, I was never like a big camper or anything. This this kind of life is is definitely not for me. I don't know about you. Um, though I did not grow up in the urban environment, um, I was strictly suburban guy. My parents mm-hmm. grew up in in the urban wilds of New York City, and uh, none of us were outdoorsmen. You know, my dad tried his hand at some of the stuff when he first moved out of the city but uh he never really took to that kind of thing like hunting and you know like camping we never went camping i i've never been camping honestly i've been a few times up in maine new hampshire you know with your with randy your other podcast co-host and and that whole group of people and you know i don't know i'm just always cold and uncomfortable and feel wet and uh (laughs) I'm I'm a wimp. I'll admit it. You know, like sometimes you know, even on tour, like if we all had to share one or two hotel rooms, I'd be upset. You know, <laughs> that's the kind of guy I am. I mean, I think it's cool to be able to live off the land. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not sure. a, I'm not like against it. You know what I mean? It's just that um, I mean, I would like I would lo- I wish I knew how to do that kind of stuff, but I don't. And um, it'd be a valuable skill for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, I'm I'm intrigued by that. You know, hunting and and. Uh, but also, I, I wouldn't want to isolate my family like this guy does. You know what I mean? If I had, like, a wife and a kid, especially for the kid, for the daughter. I mean, you know, she's growing up. You know, she's learning at home. And, and there's no, uh, you know, social aspect to her uh, development as a, as a young lady. So she, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's a kind of like a fucked up thing to do, you know, to your, um, hmm. to your family. And they don't really explain why. This is one of the things I really thought was interesting about this movie, is it keeps changing. You don't. It's not predictable. You don't know where it's going to go. You think they're out here for a reason. There's going to be some sort of like payoff or big reveal about this character, and there really isn't because the movie goes in a completely different direction. Like I was expecting it to be this man versus wolf but this man is not really this good guy that you think he is and that's not what this movie is at all yeah because what happens is uh you know they notice while they're out hunting that there's a the the wolf is back so apparently there's been like a wolf which is another thing like wolves don't hunt alone like they're they're a pack fucking animal you know so it's not like right you're not going to have like one wolf like rolling up it's it's a you're gonna have a a fucking crew, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's just again, not how wolves like, are, you know. I thought this was gonna be like the like a Jaws thing, like this rogue shark that doesn't really behave like a normal shark. It's kind of doing its own thing. I, I thought it was gonna that kind of movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I, and I would have been down for that. This kind of Jack London, you know, um, you know, like. The wolf, you know, maybe maybe there was like some supernatural element to the wolf, you know, like he was like right, uh, right, a yeah. spirit, some, you know, uh, atavistic uh, spirit of nature that was, uh, you know, that's that's how that was my my uh, my my vibe originally because, you know, he's you see that some of the bait and some of the stuff that he's trapped, the wolf got to it, and then you you see that there's like a human hand, you know, mm. and, and then he kind of you know, hides that from his family. So, so there is this sense of dread and menace, which I thought was fucking awesome, you know? Oh yeah. And like, we should talk for a minute, like about like the direction of this movie, like 
it is the, like really captures the atmosphere of what I, it's like to be out in the woods. It's just gray, a little foggy, rainy. You, the movie feels cold. Mm-hmm. Like you want to put on a jacket while you're watching it. So it really yeah. nails the mood and the tone that it, that's going for almost perfectly. And there's a few weird, like like when you finally get a look at the wolf, uh, it was a huge, it was obviously CGI, obviously not a lot of money uh, could be spent on something like that. And I was like, if this is the main monster, why is this the reveal? It, it was confusing to me yeah. at the time. I started to wonder, I was like, oh man, this was started off so good. I don't, I don't know now. But again, the wolf is sort of a red herring. It, it's a total red herring. And, uh, and then they go into a direction which kind of is fucking, kind of like bum me out actually. You know? Yeah, that's interesting because when we talked about it, you said you liked everything but the end. And for me, I like, the movie kept kept zooming out like it, it, it never like pin it down like at one point you know you're like uh i guess you'd say Devin, like you know the thing the wolf is you know fucking up their meager living that they do make and he feels like he has to go out and hunt down and kill the wolf and this guy you think is going to be the hero main character of the story basically is only in the movie for like 30 minutes yeah yeah which i i appreciated that 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 i thought was cool you know yeah, it was very unexpected, and the yes. movie zooms out a little bit more, and you start to and you see these two police officers, uh, um, uh, Lucy and oh shit, my notes are smudged. I can't remember the officer's name. Your notes are smudged. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy's name is uh, like Bart Bartles or something like that. Bart. Barth yeah, Bartles. Some shit. Yeah. This was like the only thing that didn't totally work for me. Um, where it's like you have this really bleak atmosphere of people living in the woods. You don't think the movie's going to break from that. And then it does in these two, con- they're kind of humorous and they go and like, you know, they hate the local yuppies and the yuppies are like kind of comically out of place. And you, you know, you hear the nagging wife in the background. Hey, why are they giving you a ticket? You know, like it, that part of the movie really didn't work for me. It kind of, I mean, I guess those characters needed to be introduced, but it, it just really broke with the tone of the rest of the movie for me. Didn't quite work. Well, well, the reason one of the one of the key like reasons why I think they had those characters was to show the Randy Weaver esque uh, sort of uh, lifestyle that they have out there because they did mention that um, they were living on like government land. You know, that, right, they might not is, be there legally, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're they're establishing them as like this kind of you know anti government. You know, I don't. I mean, they're building that. Uh, this guy's like some you know like Randy Weaver, Ruby Ridge kind of dude with guns. You know what I mean? That that's that's how I thought it was going. I thought it was going to that kind of like you know militia like kind of vibe. But the guy, the guy yeah, is again, a little I, bit. He's a little militia esque too. That dude. That's why. Like, like oh, for sure, for sure. You know, but it, it's a you know he's a believable character. The family are all really believable. Like the daughter, she's grown up in this harsh life. You know, he's teaching her how to skin animals. She's very grown up, but at the same time, she's still just a child. Like when the dog goes missing, she, you know, her rational mind would go to that like the dog's dead. But she, you know, being a child, still has hope that her dog is going to come home. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was a nice character touch. Like, you still 
at the end of the day, she's just a kid. And that, that's the thing about this movie. There's, like, moments of brilliance in it, like that. Like, I was... Hmm. Like, everything to this point of the movie is fucking great. I think it's awesome. Up to this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like, just, just the fact that we talked about the family so much, you know, and how this guy, mm-hmm. like, you know, this, this uh, Joe is, like, this complex sort of dude. And, you know, you got the daughter, you got the wife, and, you, you know, you kind of, without se- spelling it out, you kind of have the right. sense that he, you know, maybe not strong-armed, but he was like per, had to persuade his wife to go out there, and you know she's unfulfilled. You know, even though there's, it's subtle the way that they that they bring that all out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not like this over like there's no like bad exposition in this. It really shows you who these characters are without having to tell you who they are. Yeah, you know, so. When Joe goes out to, to hunt down this wolf, he's, he's on this mission, you know, because he, he needs to go out there. And, you know, and, and, that, and even that makes sense. I mean, besides, the, besides from the fact that in reality he would have to kill, like, an entire pack of wolves, it wouldn't just be this one wolf that he'd have to go after. Right. But, uh, you know, if you accept that, then cool. So he discovers yeah. <laughs> uh, all these, this, like, encampment of dead people, slaughtered, you know, posed and, and these women posed in these, like, ritualistic, uh, you know, it looks like there was some kind of, like, ritualistic murder that had happened there. And um, Yeah. And then so you're like, oh, okay, we have a wolf. Uh, we have a murder, a crime scene now with, like, uh, a potential ritual that might have happened. And the plot thickens. Right. And again, like, again, it zooms out. You're like, okay, knowing nothing about this movie, is, is, is this somehow Joseph's doing? Is this like a split thing that he doesn't know he did this? Or is this like, oh. again, some sort of supernatural wolf? I, nothing was clear to me. No character was, tr- and who they were was completely clear to me throughout the whole, through most, most of the movie. Um, so I wasn't really sure what what had happened. Like it, it became more intriguing to me at that point because the fact that he sees that and he completely hides it from his family, um, like and you see like it's consuming him what what he saw and it, but but you don't know why is he disturbed by it because something else is out there or did he do it? You know I, I wasn't sure. I was now at this point of the film, okay. <laughs> This is when shit goes just... This is when I get lost. This is when I... This, this is when things really start fucking going downhill for me after that scene. Because up until that point, you have this incredible fucking setting, right? I, I think we both agree that... Oh, yeah, totally. At that point, you got all, this, all these components that you, you can work with, and it's fucking killer. It's great. Atmosphere. You're out in the woods. It's it's fucking all the you got the Canadian shit going on. You know, you got the bleak woods. You got this crazy wolf out there. You got these crime scene. You know, you got you know uh, this fucking uh, militia guy and his family. You know, it's like all these pieces should should have added up to a fucking incredible film. Don't you agree? I do agree. And 
what you said earlier was like, it, none of this stuff ever really gets resolved. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, well, um, that's fun because this is where I got more intrigued, like and excited, like God, where is this gonna go? And again, it doesn't go where I think it's gonna go. I think this is where we split on the movie, like, like spoil. I I really liked it up until the end. I was really really into it, and it just totally went places I didn't expect it to go. So I'm curious what you didn't like about the remaining because right here we at like the 45 minute mark or so. Yeah. So yeah, there's still tough. like half the movie left. Yeah, this is like up until now, it's like you got all these, like I said, you got these great components, but now it starts veering off into the realm of like, maybe I should have spent more time on my outline before I wrote the script. You know what I'm trying to say? Hmm. That's the right. feeling okay. I got. It's like, okay, maybe we should have workshopped the second half of the film before we went to, you know, we finalized this thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, this is pretty much when what you think is the main character exits. Yeah. And another character comes in. Right. And, again, I knew nothing about the movie. I knew nothing about this character. But, I mean, like, thinking back, it's pretty obvious <laughs> who, the, who the new character is. Uh, this is when the movie introduces to the Nick Stahl character, <coughs> Lou. Um, so the husband's been out hunting the wolf for a couple days. Uh, the mom's worried. The daughter misses her dog. She thinks she hears a dog grunting in the woods, but it's it's this guy who says he's a nature photographer, although there's <laughs> no evidence that he's a photographer anywhere. Nope. Uh, he's been said he's been attacked by the wolf, and they basically take take this guy in and try to nurse him back to health. And maybe, maybe I'm naive, but did you get right away that this was the killer? Yeah, I mean it was pretty. The guy looked like looks like a just looks sketchy you know what i mean yeah and i guess when you hire nick stall yeah, that's what you get right but also it's like what i mean all right nature photographer you if you're if that's something that you do you would have a sense of like what to do in the wilderness you know what i mean that's true yeah they yeah. just found this guy like you know chewed up by the wolf right and and uh he just just didn't seem like the kind of guy who knew what he was doing. He didn't have any supplies or, you know, anything to help him, you know, navigate through the woods with him. You know what I mean? Right. It seems obvious, but at this point, I still really don't know where the movie's going or what it's really about. Because I still think the, the wolf is going to somehow be like a big, big part of the story. Yeah. And it gets a little bit. In in the end, it was more straightforward than 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 that. It's it's a pretty straightforward movie. It's just getting getting there. You don't realize that it's a straightforward movie. At least at least I didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So so they take this guy in and nurse him back to health, right? And um, and and I guess like when when he starts becoming uh you know more recovered. Is when he's asking questions, you know what I mean? Like, who else, you know, who, you know, you're by yourself, like all this stuff. And it's like, right. That's when you start to realize this guy is probably not on the up and up, you know? Right. Like, they try to take him back uh, to his car or something on a sled. And he's like, no, 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 I can't do it. I'm in too much pain. And he's like, but this is how you got here. And he's like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. And you're like, oh. 
you know, they they've seen his face, they got to die or something like that. You know, he's not going to he's not going to let these people go. Right. So, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, we've been kind of like, you know, fucking around with this so far. But it's like we, that, <laughs> it turns out that this guy is the killer. You know what I mean? Now, of, and of that those, he those people. Right. And you realize that the main character or who you thought was the main character has been dead the entire second half of the movie. Right. And the wife discovers this by... She finds her husband. Well, I don't know what she was. She looking for the wolf. I can't quite remember why she went out. Was well, she, they, she they were running. They're they're running out of food, so they have to. Uh, go out oh, and, right. You know, like for they kill the baby, you know, baby rabbit and all the stuff, which is you know pretty. Oh, cool. and they kill the deer. That's right. Yeah, they kill the, deer, uh, the baby yeah. deer, and that's a really great scene too. That actually does have some payoff later in the movie, where you know the, you see like the daughter teaches the mother how to skin an animal. The mother doesn't know how to do any of this stuff, but she does. And, uh, you know, it's a good moment that uh, has payoff at the, <laughs> at the very end. Yeah. So, um, so um, yeah, so the questions is like, that which they never really get to is why, like, what the fuck happened? You know what I mean? It's like, like, I know that, you know, there's, like, this whole thing of, of oh, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're not going to spill every, any, everything out for you. But you need to, like, you need, you need to explain something, though, you know? Like, there so, has well, to be some he, logic. Like, why did he murder those women? There's no fucking indication as to what his motivation to do that was. Hmm. Yeah. It's just like that's what he does. He just goes around and kills people in the woods. Like that's like, like they they made such a thing about it about the you know you know there's this whole like ritualistic thing going on like you know, and it's um. But they never go back to that. They never really explore any of that. Mm. You know, he's just like yeah. oh you know he's like a maniac like well I mean and th- and this is why like I don't ultimately the movie kind of failed for me was with all of this buildup and all of this great atmosphere and all of this, you know, very good direction. <clears throat> At the end of the day, this just was a fucking movie about a guy, a psycho killer in the woods, you know? Yeah. I thought it was really more about the family and like, it's really the mom's story and kind of her journey. Cause she's the one who's, who's left at the end, just been through this, horrible experience and then it's horrible experience even to going back to like them moving out in the woods and being unhappy and unfulfilled and in the end sickly enough she she serves a purpose right well Um, yeah so i agree you're right it's about the the wife like coming into her own okay but the way it's all right what happens is this guy ends up killing the daughter raping raping and killing the daughter you know he puts his walkman on you know, and, and I wanted to, to, yeah, talk about that scene though. I like that she comes home, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna take you to the daughter." Uh, they get, you know, he tries to attack her. He, she smashes him in the face with a bear trap, and it closes on his face. That was a particularly brutal moment. I hadn't seen the film before, but I really like that it doesn't show the rape and the murder of the daughter, and that it just oh, she opens the door to. The, to the daughter's bedroom and just see the look on her face. And I think that's 
a lot more powerful than than seeing what he did to her or showing the aftermath. Like that that look on 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 her face tells you everything you need to know about what happened. And <coughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean that was powerful. I thought too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you or no, no, <coughs> your thought. Fine, yeah. But uh, um, you know, so of course she snaps and like. Now it becomes a Rob Zombie movie, though. You know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> and I just thought, like, yeah, it's cool. Like, she, you know, chains the guy. You know, she ends up getting the upper hand on him. She chains him up. She starts skinning him like an animal, you know, because, like, she learned how to do that on the deer earlier. She cuts his face off. And I'm like, that stuff's all good, but it's out of place in this fucking movie, if you ask me, you know? Um, yeah, I didn't think anything was out of place. Because, again, like, I didn't know where it was going. I didn't really know in the end this was be about the mom's journey. And it didn't feel out of place for me. I mean, her husband's dead. She just saw, like, what he did to her daughter and snapped and just wanted to fucking brutalize this guy. I mean, that scene of him, like, skinned, pathetically looking around out of, like, one eye just was really disturbing to me. Yeah, it was a cool scene, but it, it's more like a Rob Zombie-ism than, like, what... I, I don't know. Like, so, I don't know if this actually happened or not, but when she started uh, torturing him, didn't, like... I, I imagine, like, Drowning Pool, like, playing in, in this... Like, it became a totally different type of movie. You know what there I mean? There is, like, some sort of, like, like very, like... It's not metal or rock, but this, like, noisy kind of song playing like she's listening to it to drown out his screams i i i think there was an artistry to that scene that rob zombie could never pull off like if yeah. rob zombie made it like you know one of his songs would be blaring in the background well i and, guess that's uh, that's regardless i mean that's how it played with me at least it's like okay hmm, you know now it's now it's on man you know let the bodies hit the floor <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> you know like some sort of like corny like metal riff we'd be playing and so it was like wah, gah, 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 you know like that kind of <laughs> shit like um yeah like i don't know it became like it, it's like on the it just on the turn of a dime it kind of invalidated the entire movie to me i mean this is just me talking you know what i mean it's like yeah i um it was so brooding and fucking atmospheric and like it had this like very like personal thing going on in the movie and then it just went off the rails at the end I thought you know and it became like a sensational yeah I don't know I just I, I didn't I didn't like it you know the ending the ending didn't work for me I mean actually mm. and that, and I guess that's what I'm saying up until the point where where Joe is lurking in the woods and he discovers the murder scene the crime scene that up to that point the movie was fucking perfect but what they did after that point in the movie completely ruined it for me. You know, it just hmm. became like a, you know, I don't know. I would like, I wanted more, more meat, you know, or, or I don't know. They're just like, it just became like, oh, there's a uh, psycho killer in the woods killing women. Um, you know, Joe gets killed. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the mother brutalizes him because of all this it just became like a run-of-the-mill fucking movie at the at the uh, that second half. Sure, you know. Yeah, 
but for me, the movie was about the journey of getting there. And I really, I enjoyed taking that journey. At the end, it was really kind of like this simple, straightforward story. But getting there wasn't that at all. So, I appreciated that. For me, if I I go back and watch that end scene again, I, I think it plays a little... Better than 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 you re- than you remember <laughs> than like yeah with some guy with a five slap and a five string bass <laughs> like no it, yeah it was definitely definitely better than that and I I was completely shocked by it for me that's the exclamation point on the movie that's its big it, it, the the big ending to this like sort of somber movie that uh, <coughs> that kind of ratchets up the the sadness and, and and despair and just explodes in this graphic climax where this uh, woman just completely loses it on this guy and I think hearing like this weird indie rock song you know instead of some guy screaming and begging was 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 the a better choice yeah no the ending was great I just that it's um mm, I, I, see. I I mean the, it, it just it. didn't it didn't fit to me like in my I wanted something else I guess you know like I was saying like the movie um was building up to be something very unique, I thought. And and it just cheesed out a little bit. And to me, for me, for what I wanted. Sure. Know, I'm not saying yeah. everyone else out there. I mean, I recommend the movie, honestly. Like I don't I don't I think it's definitely worth checking out. I just it wasn't it was a little disappointing for me, that's all I'm saying. Well you know, like yeah, this was a huge pleasant surprise for me. Like, you know, you recommended it and I you know, I, like I said, I saw the cast and was like, ugh. You know, it was like seeing like, like it, Tom Sizemore starring in any movie after like 2005. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, Devin Sawa. <laughs> you know, because he, I just, I just remember him from that awful uh, fucking Fred Durst movie he just did. I don't with, know. Uh, with uh, John Travolta stars in it. It's called The uh, Fanatic or something. It's truly awful. Fred Durst it's, like written directed it. He directed. It. He's a movie. He did a movie like ten years ago with Ice Cube about like football or something, and wow. I never saw it. But but he he made this. Yeah, the fanatic. It's like uh, if you appreciate garbage, um, like a movie so bad it's entertaining. It's kind of one of those movies. Like not quite as great as Verotica, uh, but that it's, sick. it's I don't know what you're talking about. It's fucking great. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Right. I was like, so this guy, yeah, like. It's it's not the sign of quality when you have two kind of actors that really kind of fell from grace. So I expected nothing from this movie. And, like, every ten minutes or so, I, I was like, this is good. This is so much better than I expected. Like, these performances are good. The atmosphere is great. I don't know where the fuck this movie's going. Uh, and that, like... You know, I, I didn't watch a trailer or anything like that. I think trailers give way too much away. I can just imagine a three-minute trailer for this movie completely ruining it for me. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, I didn't watch the trailer either. You know, I, I don't really watch trailers anymore these days, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I read a little bit about it. Someone talked about it. I think Rue Morgue had a little blurb about it. And, they, you know, they, they definitely piqued my interest. And, um, but, yeah, it's just... Um, like I said, up until that point, I loved it. I thought it was great. And then it just went in a direction that I just, 
I just felt like um, the story itself is a story that's been told before, you know. And, and like, mm, yeah. I think it's, you know, it's like the, the guy in the woods is a fucking killer, you know, whatever. Like, revenge, you know. And I just, I kind of thought it was going to go somewhere else. The wolf, you know, they never really, you know, whatever happened to the wolf, you know, like. Mm. Why is he yeah. hunting by himself? You know, I don't know. Like all these things, you know, like, and I, it was building up to be this kind of Jack London like horror film, you know, with like some sort of horrific element to it, and it, and it, you know, went. Did the guy did did uh, Joe the husband? Did he blow up a building in Oklahoma, and that's why he has to live <laughs> in the woods? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Did he storm know? the Capitol? Yeah. You know, he he could have. Yeah. You know, he would have if he was. He's Canadian, though. You know, so it, oh, that's he, that's he, right. I forget. He cares it's Canadian. so much about American politics, I guess. But yeah, but yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, Mike, maybe this will be explained in the sequel, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah. <coughs> so I'm curious. You say you'd recommend it. What would you give it? Uh, what would be your final grade? My rating on this is three out of five. <laughs> three of five okay you know and like i said it wasn't it didn't deliver what i wanted however i recommend you go out and check it out people out there it's and maybe you'll have maybe the movie will be a different experience for you than it was for me but i thought it was incredible up to up to a point and you know mm. so that's uh you know that, that's my my assessment of this thing yeah i'm gonna go a bit higher uh it's a four. Yeah, it's a four for me. It's not perfect. It's got a lot going for it. There's a few minor missteps. Uh, like the reveal of the wolf was very underwhelming, and it looked a little silly, but I can forgive a good movie if it has some bad effects. That's fine. Um, the stuff with the cops, the little you know, weird tonal break that, that didn't work for me, although one of the cops does have sort of a brutal ending by getting caught in not one but two bear traps. Um, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can't help but feel bad for the guy. You know, <coughs> they play, like, he's played like a nice kind of guy, good guy, and he has a pretty brutal ending. Um, this was such a huge surprise to me, though. I, I expected to watch this kind of mediocre exploitation film, and it surprised me. And every step of the way, like, you know, like even like the daughter, I thought the daughter was going to be the final person because they were showing her like all of her skills, you can skin, she can survive. But it didn't go that route at all. You know, and the, it was a huge surprise when, when she dies in the movie. This movie kept me guessing and not many movies really do that anymore. I really, really like this one. Um, so, yeah, that's a four for me. It was a very dark turn the way the daughter ended up in this film, for sure. Yeah. It's a dark, bleak movie, for sure. Almost relentlessly from beginning to end. But you have those few breaks of humor with uh, the yuppies and, and uh, you know, and then the cop stuff. Um, I could have done, done without that, but... I agree that the yuppies are out of place. Like, they should have... Uh, that, that was an unnecessary element of the film. Um, yeah. Yeah, you because know, they they already showed the cops, I think, doing mundane stuff like picking up like roadkill and things like that. Yeah, and they're in two scenes, if I remember too. Yeah, and uh, and 
you know, it would have been cool, like, showing the early morning cop stuff with, like, a thermos or something. You know what I mean? Like, you could have painted, painted their characters uh, differently and, you know, maybe not played it so much for, uh, for laughs. Yeah, yeah, totally. It just felt out of place. It, those characters probably needed to be in the movie, but yeah, it could have fit the tone of the rest of the movie a little bit better. But, you know, it's sort of a minor quibble, you know. I still really enjoyed this. I don't know how much I'm going to rewatch it. I'm curious to how I'd feel about it a second time, knowing how it's it all plays out. Maybe I won't be as excited about the movie, but, I mean, that dreadful tone and look is always going to be there. And I, I, I love shit like that. Yeah. So as time went on, I ended up liking it less. Like I liked it a lot more immediately after I saw it, saw the movie. Like I thought it was just the very end was like out of place to me. But as time mm. went by and I started thinking about the film, I was just like, yeah, you know, I was hoping it would be this instead of that. And I guess that's like, you know, where all this other stuff came from. That's always kind of frustrating too when you hope you hope for something to be one way and it turns out to be completely in the, in the opposite. You know, not not at all what you expected. And that doesn't yeah. make it bad. It just makes it you know like we I talked a little bit about the tenant with you where I was like, well, that is, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make yeah. it a bad movie. It just means that like it it went over my head. There was a moment where I was hoping it was going to be a werewolf. When, when I, the wolf was like, <laughs> when you saw that the wolf was alone, you know, that then I was well, yeah, like, well, again, this like, like unusual thing going on here. Like again, like I thought, like when he found those bodies, maybe he thought like, you know, he did it. Maybe he's the wolf. You know, I, I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, you, I had a feeling your disappointment in the movie was had to do with the wolf. I, I had that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> Um, but you, you brought up a very interesting thing, which the first time, like when I watched it, well, I've only seen it once, but when, when you mentioned that you thought maybe Joe was responsible for the murders, you know, that's, that's interesting. That, that's, I, I, that didn't even cross my mind, but looking back, I can see why you would think that. And that's intriguing, you know? Yeah. I pick up on some things here and there, you know? Now, since, well, since, they are, since they are very vague about all that stuff do you think like you never actually see joe and uh and lou in, ever they never interact on screen that's right do you think there From was some kind of connection between those two guys I'm not, if there was i didn't pick up on it but who knows yeah. maybe a second view Maybe, like, yeah, again, I didn't know who this character was. Was he random? Was he related? Again, like, you know, when he sees the bodies, maybe maybe he's responsible. Maybe he knows he's responsible. Who's responsible? Uh, again, like, it didn't, right. you, you didn't know. And that, that, that made the movie much more interesting to me. I mean, not, not to, like, beat the dead horse, but it's like that, that is, like, when I, when I said that that was the, the last moment in the movie that, looking back, that I really liked was, like, yeah, there was so much rich material that could have came out of that, you know? And it was like, it's almost like you didn't even need the wolf or any of these other things to have the story the way it turned out. All you just needed was a guy in the woods, you know? Hmm. Yeah. And like, when I saw the crime scene, 
and we saw Joe like creep up on it. I'm like, wow, okay, now, now we got like we got some shit going on here. We got a wolf, we got a crime scene, we got like you know, dead naked women, we got, you know, who knows what's going on. You know, is there is right. there a uh, you know, some sort of death cult, you know, like with wolves, like who knows? And and then it just turns out to be just like a regular run of the mill kind of story. You know, I mean, I know we talked about all the other things, but like at the end of the day, it's kind of what you have is the re- a, like a, a getting even movie or a revenge type thing. Mm. You know? It's kind of funny. Your grievances about this movie are my grievances about the first season of True Detective. <laughs> like all the cool shit kind of didn't matter. It was just a well, guy on a fucking yeah, lawnmower. But, but also, I mean, I already went into a lot of this stuff too about the... I don't like just the fact that all of the, um, you know, necromancy was only in that group of people's fucking heads, man. You know what I mean? And mm, that's makes right. it even scarier. You know, like like uh, Carcosa was a state of mind that all those people had, and all the evil sprung from inside of them. It wasn't like they weren't being guided down. Like there wasn't any demons. There was no demonic supernatural elements. It was all just like madness that was like guiding their steps, you know. But there was like, you know, and then and you know even like uh, you know, rust and coal is like you know there, there's a, there's purpose and intention to all this stuff, you know. Right. And, um, I don't know. I that I just I actually <laughs> I just rewatched that first whole entire first season again too, man. Yeah, we talked a little bit. I think we talked about it a little bit last episode. I seem to remember talking about this with you. And you know, Matthew McConaughey is a listener of the show. He's a huge fan. He wanted you to do an episode about it. <laughs> he wants to come on as a, on a special Patreon only episode with Matthew McConaughey. And we're gonna, we're gonna talk. He's gonna come on as Rustin Cole. That would be sick. You know, that I would, would be fucking love that in character. Rustin Cole. That'd be fucking amazing, man. You know? Getting fucking hammered, smoking a pack of cigarettes, yeah. He's like, sends me off a beer. You know, he's like, appreciate a little hustle up on that. <laughs> um, well, uh, again, I'm glad you recommended this one, because I, I don't even know this was on my radar. I completely missed this. And starting off 2021 with a with a bang. This is a, this is a good one. Hell yeah. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next time. Take care. Take care.